But I want you to look with me first of all this morning in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 and verse 6, one phrase, one clause that we're going to look at. We're looking at through these weeks leading up to Christmas. We're looking at uh, specific phrases or clauses, Christmas clauses that uh, encapsulate what Christmas is about. And I want you to see a phrase. Last week we looked at John 3.16 and two little words, He gave. If there's anything that reminds us of why we give, whether it's our giving presents in just a few weeks, whether it's giving of ourselves and serving our communities, and we have many opportunities in the weeks and days ahead between now and Christmas and on through the year, but specifically this time of year where there's need for people to come and serve and, and with our core teams and our other ministries and serving in our community and giving of ourselves, but us giving and an offering to God. All of that we give because our God is a God of love who loves and who gives as a consequence of that. God so loved that He gave. But this morning, I want you to look in Luke chapter 2 and a simple little phrase that is used here. I'm not going to read the entire passage. In verse 6, Joseph and Mary have gone to Bethlehem. So it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. The phrase that I want you to look at with me briefly this morning is the days were accomplished. Paul will use in Galatians the phrase to describe this in the fullness of time. When the time was right, when it was his, God's specific timing for his son to be born, that's when Jesus came. There's much that we could talk about, about how God was at work in world events and in history and in the governments of that time and in the language of that time and in the travel of that time for the for the Savior to be born and for the gospel to be spread around the world. God was at work in those moments, in the fullness of time. But here, where the phrase is used, the days were accomplished. We know what that means specifically for Mary. We, knew, we know that her, her due date was near. Verse or two before says, she was great with child. Uh, there are some, some of you who understand what that means. It means that she was ready to give birth at any moment. And when the days were accomplished, there's a great truth that we look in this and we see that most of the Christian life is lived between promise and fulfillment. We live between promise and fulfillment. A promise from God that something is going to take place that we by faith believe is going to happen. And yet we live between that promise and the actual fulfillment of it. We could look at a number of things in our Christian life. I think of the promise of Christ's return. Jesus said when He was here, I will come again. And here we are 2,000 years later, and Jesus still has not returned. We are living between the promise and the fulfillment. And we know by faith that the fulfillment is coming because the promise has been given. Our faith is not because we have seen the fulfillment, except that by faith we see these things afar off and we have believed that they will take place. I think about God's work in us in our Christian life. He who began a good work in you will continue to complete it until the day of redemption. God has begun the good work of our salvation, but we live between that promise that He began it and that what He begins He will finish and the actual finishing of it. Our entire Christian life is lived in the in-between. It's lived between the promise and the fulfillment. 
And then there are times in our life when we are going through, as many of you are, you are going through challenges, you're going through situations, you're going through needs, and you have claimed a promise from God, or you have a promise from Scripture, you have the sure word of God's prophecy that this is going to happen. God has promised to meet that need. God has promised to provide, and you are by faith claiming it, but you are living between the promise and the fulfillment. That is where much of our Christian life is lived. It's much like at Christmas time with the presents underneath the tree. I think one of the cruelest things that people ever did, parents ever have done to children, is put Christmas presents under the tree for weeks before Christmas. Can I get an amen on that? Most of us who are adults remember when we were kids, it was torment. You see that package under the tree, and it has your name on it. Now, the packages that looked identical to the one that had my brother's name on it, I knew we were just getting different sweaters from my aunt, and it was going to be the same sweater, just different colors. I wasn't too enthused about that. But those, those uniquely shaped packages are the ones that you thought, this might actually be what I hope it is. Those filled your heart with just, oh man, anticipation. You couldn't wait to get under that tree and rip the package open. And Christmas Eve would come. And my parents and my grandmother would send us to bed early. Hated it. And you'd lay in bed and you'd hear them stuffing the stockings. And you'd have just heard the story from your grandmother, of course, about how all she ever got was oranges and apples and pennies at the bottom of the stocking. Which did not make you feel a bit better about your stocking. And we'd lay there in bed and we'd finally fall asleep at some unearthly time of the morning. And at our house, on Christmas Day, you did not wake up the adults. You know, there used to be this time when the adults were the primary people that lived in a house and everything revolved around them. Any of y'all remember that time? That was when I was a kid, and then I became adult, and it somehow switched around. And I never got to enjoy any of it. So you would lay in bed, and you would wake up. Always would wake up about 5 o'clock on Christmas morning. And you would lay in bed waiting for what seemed like days and weeks. And wait for that time when you would finally hear someone in the adults' rooms beginning to stir. And you'd hear them moving and you'd think, oh, finally. But you knew that that still wasn't the time of fulfillment. That promise of that present still wasn't time. You still had to wait till everybody got up. And we would then go down the hall and we would wait and we'd have to go through the stockings. And then the worst possible thing that anybody ever came up with in this world is taking turns opening presents. <laughs> Can I get an amen on that? Of course, I'm, I'm a little bit mean. When it comes my turn to open the present, I don't rip. I take my time. Not because I'm a patient person, but because I'm an annoying person. <laughs> and if you're going to make me wait while you open yours, you're going to wait while I open mine. Can I get a witness on that? And you open the presents, and finally the fulfillment, the joy that you've waited for and you finally get, that's that anticipation. 
That's where we live most of the Christian life. Waiting for the fulfillment of the promises of God. And we look at that and we think, why? God, you are able to do things immediately and instantly. And there is no greater example of this truth in history and especially in Scripture than the birth and the life of Jesus Christ. What God could have done instantly, He did not do instantly. He waited nine months. Jesus could have just appeared on this earth. He didn't have to be conceived and go through nine months of pregnancy and then be born. But when the days were accomplished that she should be delivered, the time, the fullness of time, God takes us through a process a sometimes painful and a sometimes slow process. But when the God who can do things instantly doesn't, He has a reason for doing it. We know that God can do things instantly. He created this world. In the beginning, God, and He spoke, and it happened. God spoke everything into being from nothing, and He does things instantly. We know that He performed miracles instantly. When he would touch the sick, the leper, the lame, and instantly they were healed. We know that there are the instant things that happen in our lives. We know that we are saved instantly. The minute you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that moment, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved and two years. No, shall be saved at that moment. My salvation, your salvation was instant. All that was involved in justifying me before God happened when I placed my faith and trust in Him. So we know that God can, is able to do things immediately. But we also know that there are times where He does not. We know that even in creation, He took time. He could have created everything instantly, but he didn't. He performed miracles instantly, but there were times where he didn't. Do you remember the guy that came to Jesus and was blind, and Jesus healed him in stages? He gave partial healing, and I've never understood this particular verse, but he, he touches the guy and he says, what do you see? And he says, I see men walking as trees. I've never seen trees walking. I don't know what that would look like. Or maybe the men looked like trees and they were walking. But whatever it was, Jesus touched him again. Jesus could have healed him instantly, but he chose not to. We know that there was a time when a person came to Jesus and Jesus just simply said, I will be thou cleansed. And they were cleansed just because Jesus spoke the word. And yet he chose not to. There's a couple of important truths that I'll point out to you about this. One is, is that when the God who can doesn't, there's a reason. When the God who can doesn't, there's a reason. There may be something in your life that you would love to see different than it is. You would love to have that answer to that prayer. You would love to be out of the situation that you are in. You would love to be in the fulfillment rather than between the promise and the fulfillment. So when God who can doesn't, there is a reason why He doesn't. I'm reminded of the verse that I often go to in the book of Psalms. No good thing will He withhold from him that walks uprightly. 
That means that when I'm walking for God and I'm following God and I'm living the life that I'm, I'm seeking to follow after Him and there is something that I desire, if God withholds that from me, then it is not a good thing. Or I can understand that it is a good thing, but the timing is not good. God sometimes holds back those Christmas presents until it is Christmas Day. God holds back those answers to prayer until the timing is right. And we live in that tension. We live in that moment between God has promised, and I believe God's promise. But it is one thing to believe God when we expect Him to do it instantly. It is another thing to believe Him through the time when we are waiting to see what He will do and when He will do it. Another truth that we draw from this is that when the God who can do things instantly waits... There's a reason for that. Maybe that reason is that there's something that I need to learn. Maybe my understanding is imperfect. Maybe there's something about the situation that needs to be changed for God to get greater glory to Himself. Maybe my faith needs to be deepened. Maybe I feel like I believe, but it is the faith of a a small child to believe when it happens instantly. It is another thing, and it is much more mature and deeper faith for me to be able to trust God when I wait for what He will do. Now, I'm going to be honest. I always try to do that when I'm preaching. I'm not a very patient person. I want things, I like things to happen yesterday. I want it done. But I've learned over the years that's not the way life works. I find myself standing in front of a microwave and opening it with three seconds left. Seriously, I couldn't wait three more seconds for what used to take hours? I sit at a traffic light, impatient, ready for it to turn. I actually timed one the other day because it seemed like about two weeks. It was 30 seconds. And the Holy Spirit convicted me from my watch, my stopwatch, and said, seriously, you almost blew your horn at somebody over 30 seconds of your time? We're impatient. We won't... (laughs) Just think about the DMV and you'll fully understand exactly what I'm talking about. We want things to happen now, immediately. And in our life as Christians, much of our time is spent between our promise and the fulfillment of it. Do I have the faith to trust God? Do you have the faith to trust God where you are right now when God isn't doing what you would love for Him to do? That prayer that you're praying that He's not answering? That need that you have that He's not meeting? That situation that you're in, that you don't see the good in it, you don't see the purpose in it, you don't see how it possibly could be anything at all, and you're ready for it to be done, and you have to trust God in His timing. Boy, that's so hard. That is a challenge. And yet, let me say this to us this morning. I say us. Most, if not all, of the Christian life is lived in that tension between promise and fulfillment. But when the days are accomplished, when the timing is ready, do you know how many times it says in the Gospel of John and the other Gospels, Jesus said, my hour is not yet come. 
Maybe a phrase that we need to learn is to speak in faith, my hour is not yet come. God, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know why you're waiting, but I understand that my hour is not yet come. But then you come over to John chapter 13, and it says Jesus, knowing that his hour was come, rose from supper, took a towel and girded himself and began to wash the disciples' feet. In that moment, he knew that his hour had come. There will be a time in your life, Christian, when the days will be accomplished, when your hour will come. And in the fullness of time, God will do what he promised. You can count on that. You can have faith in that. You can simply surrender and submit and then seek what God has for you in that in-between. God, I wouldn't know, you would not be waiting unless you had some reason for it. I trust you in that. I'm going to believe you, but Lord, I want you to get me out of this what I can get out of it. You see, we're so quick to want to get out of something that we don't get out of it what God has for us. Patience, submission, surrender, seeking what God has. This morning, I don't know where you are, but I'll guarantee you that you're throughout at any point in your Christian life, God will be processing something in your life. So whatever he's processing right now, trust him. Have the same faith that the faith that it took to believe his promise is the faith that will trust him through the process and the faith that will receive what God will do in his fulfillment. The days were accomplished. Will you bow with me for prayer this morning? We're not going to have our usual invitation, but here's what I want to do. I want to pray for you and with you. So this morning, if you would just say, Pastor, in this prayer, I have a situation in my life, I have something in my life that I'm really struggling with being patient about. I am trusting God, and I've not yet seen the answer to the prayer of the fulfillment, but I'm trusting God. And I want to ask you to pray for me and with me in this moment about this. Would you just slip up your hand? Thank you for that. There's hands all across. Thank you. You can slip them up and put them back down. I'm waiting for the moment, the fulfillment. Any others? Then here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead us in prayer. And I want to ask you to pray right where you are. And together, we're going to trust God. We're going to express our faith that God is going to bring the fulfillment of what he has promised. Father, we're trusting you in this moment. We're believing you. And with my brothers and sisters who raised their hands this morning, we're trusting that what you have promised, you will fulfill. Lord, I believe, and we believe, help our unbelief. But Lord, help us to trust you. We believe your promise. We trust you until we see the fulfillment. And then Lord, one day when we see that fulfillment, as has some been shared with me already this morning, we will rejoice in faith because we know that you are a good God. We thank you for that, and we pray this all, committing these things to you in Jesus' name.